Hey guys, Gordon here. I just want to take a second and thank you for downloading our episode, listening to our episodes, sharing our episodes, tagging us on social media and helping us grow our mission. It means everything to me. And from here uh, to continue growing where we're at, please consider throwing us a small donation just to help grow the mission, support the team, support the infrastructure and continue to build the Permafit name. Thank you all so much. We love you. We'll talk to you soon. What's up, guys, and welcome to the Strength of Body and Mind podcast. My name is Gordon. I'm going to be your host, and this is episode 87. So what are we talking about today? We are talking about abs and six-packs and obliques and getting shredded and getting cut and getting that midsection that so many people want, all right? The shredded six-pack look, the cover model body look, Take your shirt off and get the attention of everyone around you kind of look. Right? So many people want that and for good reason, all right? Um, six packs and visible abs, there, there's, there's a bunch of different perspectives on that. And what I see the most is usually either people who are outwardly honest and open about wanting to have visible abs and a tight core and uh, a tight midsection and being able to see obliques. Now, some people want a full shredded like model bodybuilder look and some people just want a little bit of definition here and there, just enough that suggests they're in very good shape and that they're low body fat percent and all that. Um, there's different magnitudes, I guess, of, of what people want. But then there's the other people who almost seem to have like open disdain about people who have six packs. And honestly, that typically comes down to insecurity. Okay. It comes down to insecurity. And if they're outward about it, it's usually them projecting the fact that they are not in good shape or that they are not low body fat percent or that they're overweight or something and that they don't have the thing they want. And so their reaction is to be outwardly negative about it. Um, sometimes this is targeted towards specific people. Sometimes it's just in general, a bunch of comments like, I don't need that in my life. That's stupid. It's, it's a waste of time. I don't want that. That's whatever, right? Just a bunch of negative projected stuff. But there is no, make no mistake about it, there is no situation where having a six pack and having visible abs suggests anything other than you're in very good shape. Okay, so that is and has always been and always will be an indication that someone is in great shape, that someone takes care of their body, that someone really goes the extra mile to prioritize their health and fitness to some capacity. Now, sure. Some people have it a little easier. It's a little bit easier for them to get it uh, and to maintain it, especially as they get older. Uh, but even the most genetically gifted people have to to put in effort to maintain that. So if you see someone that has a six pack, you they took off their shirt at the beach or whatever. This could be male, female, doesn't matter, and they are they're lean and they're cut and they have they have abs. They work for those. 
right? Some people, again, work harder than others because of whatever, but for the most part, well, not even the most part, in every situation, someone who has that has to work for it. So at the very least, there should be a level of respect for someone who has achieved something like that just because of what it takes and what it takes to maintain it also. Uh, So anyway, there's a lot of people who want those. And I talk to people all the time and they say, yeah, that'd be nice. Now, a lot of people stop short. A lot of people say things like, yeah, that'd be nice, but it's not really, I'd rather just lose weight or I'd rather just focus on that. Like it just, the goal seems so far away that they don't even like to think about it. Um, I would encourage you that instead of, if you're, if you're 50, 60 pounds overweight right now and you think to yourself, there's just no way in hell I'm ever going to, I don't even want to think about having a six pack. I don't even want to think about having that lean of a body mass index because I'm overweight and I need to fix that first. I understand that logic, but I would encourage you to look at the biggest picture goal possible and plant that in your mental vision board. If that's what you want, and that likely is some, 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 some variation of that is what you want. Very likely, especially if you're listening to this podcast, if that's what you want, do not shy away from it. Because if you shy away from it, you're going to set short term, less powerful goals. And you're going to get 60, 70, 80% to those. And in reality, you're that that wasn't what you wanted anyway. If you want to lose 60 pounds and be shredded and have a six pack, but you think that's so unrealistic that you set your goal to be 30 pounds, I want to lose 30 pounds, and you only lose 26, not only did you not meet the, the bullshit goal that you set for yourself, but the bullshit goal wasn't even the real goal. So you came in like two goals below where you actually wanted to be, you know, and that's that's where people go wrong. That's where people make mistakes. They set these these realistic goals, quote unquote, realistic goals. And it, and it keeps them away. It keeps them further away from actually achieving the thing that they want. So anyway, let's talk about six packs. Okay. Let's get a little practical here, right? That was, that was more goal setting mindset type stuff. I want to talk practical. How do you get a six pack? I'll tell you how you don't get a six pack doing sit-ups, doing crunches, over and over and over and over doing side bends. Um, those aren't going to get you a six pack. It's just not going to happen. Okay. Do they help? Sure. But those aren't going to get you a six pack. So how do you get a six pack? Well, there's two things you need to do. All right. There are two components, literally only two to get you a six pack. The first component is that you must have low body fat percentage. Okay. Do not mistake that for being light. Do not mistake that for stepping on the scale and having a very low number. You need to have low body fat. That is not the same thing as being very light. Those are not the same thing. Your body weight and your body fat are not the same thing. However, to have a a chiseled or cut or even slightly visible six pack, you need to have low body fat percent. Now, depending on how low, well, depending on how visible you want your abs to be, your body fat 
percentage will have to be whatever it is to map to that. So if you want to be, just to put it in perspective, if you want to have just some signs of having abs, like just a few lines of definition here and there, you know, you could probably get away with somewhere, depending on your body composition, you could get away with somewhere between like 17 and 20% body fat in, in a lot of cases. Now there's an asterisk here because everyone's body is different. Okay. Every single person's body is different, but just in general, okay. Take this like, you know, with a grain of salt or whatever in general, 17 to 20% body fat is enough to reveal some ab definition. Okay. Now, if you want to get uh, a little bit more shredded, maybe not show your obliques, which are those ab muscles kind of on the side near your ribs, but you want to be able to see six visible abs down the front of your midsection. Um, you know, you're probably looking at more like 14 to 17%, right? On average, again, guys, this is on average from what I've seen over the last 10, 11 years. And just the the hundreds and hundreds and probably thousands of people that I've talked to in the fitness industry or bodybuilding or power, whatever, right? All that stuff, about 14 to 17%. Um, as you get below 14%, you start to reveal more things. As you get down to 13, 12, 11, 10% body fat, um, you start to reveal more and more and more. And then as you get down to like 10, that's when like your obliques really start to pop. That's when if you have the structure and the setup for, let's I'll say an eight pack, and by the way, not everyone can really show that. Um, as you get down to like 10%, that's when that starts to happen. Those are usually the bottom two abs, right? Right by your waistline, uh, the bottom two abdominal muscles. Um, those will start to show up more and more. And the definition line between each abdominal muscle starts to become deeper and deeper. And things seem to pop out. And that's when you start to get to this point where your abs start to look like they're kind of popping out of your skin. All right, some people want that, some people don't doesn't matter, not judging. That's just, you know, that's how you get that. And the abdominal muscles on the sides, in other words, your obliques, those are one of the last to show up. Um, and those are one of the ones that require you to be the most lean to reveal. And that's when you get down to like that 10, 9% body fat. That's when those really start to show up. So that's the first component, guys, is having low body fat percent. That is a requirement. It's not a, a maybe or it's not a nice to have. That is a requirement. If you want abs, you want them to be visible, you need to have low body fat percent, period. So component number two, because six packs require two components. The second component is you need to have abdominal muscle mass. In other words, you need to build your abdominals. You need to build your abs. You need to develop muscle mass in your core. So let's talk about the core for a second. The core, if you think about it, the reason the reason it's even referred to as the core is because it is the core of your body. It is the middle. Think of it as important as the spine for keeping your body erect, keeping your body standing straight, giving your body the ability to bend over and then stand back up your core controls the majority of those movements, okay? Balance, stability, rotation, bending at the hips and then bending back, right? All those things require 
your core. If you lift your arms in the air, right, you're throwing off your center of gravity. What do you think balances your body? It's not really your legs. It's your core. Your core stabilizes everything. Your core, I like to think of it, and, and this really changed how I trained, and this really changed what I was able to do with my body once I understood this thing. The core, your abs, are the stabilizer for your body. So anything that challenges your ability to stay stable and stay balanced and that involves rotation, all those movements, anything that challenges those things is going to work your core. And once I understood that for real, then I developed a six pack. It literally just was like that. Uh, because then I realized the importance of things like uh, the movements that I'll talk about in a second that really drive ab, uh, abdominal development. Abs are not built doing crunches. Abs are not built doing sit-ups. They're just not, right? That's a, that's a, that's a, this old time kind of belief system that just needs to be wiped off the planet because that's not how you do it. So, so how do you build the core? How do you build abs? How do you build the muscle mass in that stabilizer part of the body? It's through resistance training. Okay. You need to think of your abs as another muscle group that is the same in function and the same in principle and the same in makeup and, uh, and all that as every other muscle in your body, your abs work the same as your biceps. The abs work the same as your, your chest. The abs work the same as your back. They are muscles. They require the same amount and the same level of intensity to develop. And you'll see that they tear just like every other muscle. They get sore just like every other muscle. They produce delayed onset muscle soreness just like every other muscle group. And resistance training causes trauma to them and causes them to tear and then rebuild just like every other muscle. So how do you perform resistance training on the core? I mean, some of you will probably know this, some of you won't, but resistance training of the abs require you to do twisting and rotation and bending movements that are under a load. So an example that would be like cable crunches. Okay. Those are when you go up to a cable machine, you put a rope on it, you have hang the rope over your head, you get down on your knees and you do a crunch towards the ground while pulling down on a rope that has a lot of weight on it. And you do that. If you have the right form, I can't describe it in words really, but so the audio is not going to do you any good, but go look it up. If you do that exercise, that's going to, that's an example of a resistance based abdominal movement. That's going to drive major results. Landmines is another good example. Um, but then here's the thing, guys, like doing those isolation movements are good, but what's better than those even is big, full body, heavy compound movements. Uh, things like squats, things like deadlifts, even bench press, um, pull-ups, dips, all those things require balance. All those things require stability. And especially those big ones like uh, squats and deadlifts, those require tremendous amounts of support from the abs. So when uh, in a squat, right, just picture a squat for a second. You've got a bar, a barbell across your back, or maybe you're doing a front squat. So it's across the front of your collarbone, your shoulders, and you squat down, right? As you squat down, yeah, sure. Your legs are under compression. They're under load. So your hips, your glutes, your quads, your hamstrings, your calves, all that. 
But as you start to stand up, think about it. Your legs are trying to push this mass up, right? Away from gravity. What do you think stabilizes your body to keep you from, from falling over? It's your abs. Your abs are completely under tension the entire time through that movement. And the same thing goes for deadlifts. You're trying to pull something against gravity off the ground. And if you're doing it right uh, and you've been doing it for a while, you're probably up around your body weight or higher. And as you start to pull that weight away from the ground, your body's going to want to lurch forward. Your body's going to want to lurch to the side. Your body's going to want to lurch and fall over and be influenced by gravity. But what keeps your body pulling it away from gravity and what keeps your body balanced while you're doing it and keeps your body stable while you're doing it is your abs, your core. Your back contributes to it as well, sure. But your abs, they contract everything in your midsection and allow you to rotate if you need to and allow you to bend at the waist and stand up with that weight. And it works your abs way more than crunches ever will. It works your abs way more than any isolation ab exercise ever will. So if you, everyone's different, everyone's training routine is going to be different. But my recommendation is if you're trying to build abdominal muscle mass, then to incorporate in your leg day, for example, squats. And I mean a good amount of them, like five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten sets of squats. Um, I think that'll drive more results. Actually, I know it will. That will drive more results for you, not just in your abs, but in your legs and in your back and so many other places too, than pretty much everything else. Um, this is part of a belief system based around a model that I've developed called the the focus movement training model. And if you've followed me for a while, um, I, I haven't talked about the name a whole lot, but you'll probably hear it a lot going forward. Um, so anyway, I'll say that again, it's the focused movement training model. And it's kind of the model I use to get people amazing results. Um, and that's, that's like, I guess a piece of it. Uh, another example is again, if you're going to be trying to build muscle mass in your abdominals, um, on a back day, Right, we said squat on leg day, of course, that's a great, a great time to do it on a back day or a second leg day, even um, doing deadlifts, doing many, many, many sets of deadlifts, like five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten sets of deadlifts, making the majority of your effort focused on that movement will drive amazing amounts of results, high amounts of results, especially in the abdominal strength and the abdominal mass development. So then Another thing you would do is you would supplement those big power movements, those big full body functional movements, the compound movements with like accessory style ab movements. And I'm and not still, I was still wouldn't even get into crunches. I would do things like hanging leg raises. I would do the ab wheel. That's a good one. I would get into those cable crunches. I would do a lot of those landmines. I talked about those a little bit and different variations like that. Russian twists are another great one. There's quite a few. And when you do things like that, um, you know, weighted decline crunches, those will isolate the abs and those will isolate them under tension and resistance. And the combination is what's going to drive muscle mass development. Now, if you combine all of that with a you know regular workout routine that's hopefully put together with a coach, that's my goal. My objective for everybody is to to put a coach in their, their corner and help them do that. But if you follow a routine that is put together like that and 
your nutrition is dialed in in a way where you are burning body fat, then your six pack is just, it's just a matter of time. It's just time at that point. It's trusting the process, executing the process over and over and over and over again in the right way until you get the result. Now, just one more note about body fat and revealing the abs. Because if you are in a situation where you've built a ton of abdominal mass and you know for sure it's down there and now you're trying to get the body fat revealed, well, losing body fat is achieved really only by ensuring that you have a functional metabolism and then eating at a deficit. Okay, I'm going to say that again. Losing body fat is really only achieved by ensuring that you have a functional metabolism and then once you do, eating at a deficit. And the rate of which you should lose weight and lose body fat while you are eating at a deficit is between about a half and one and a half pounds per week. Okay, if you get closer to two or, or hit two pounds per week, that's a little bit above average. Not a bad thing necessarily, but it's a little above average. Um, if you're up closer to three pounds per week, that is definitely above average. And that usually suggests you're doing something that's probably not sustainable, like crash dieting, maybe cutting carbs completely, stuff like that. Um, losing three pounds per week is very unusual. Now, <laughs> if you're, if you're losing three pounds per week, like in the beginning of a diet or in the beginning of a new nutrition plan, but then it tapers off. That's not what I'm talking about. That's little transients, little spikes here and there of weight loss, like rapid weight loss. Um, but on average, like if you look over a six week or eight week or 12 week average, and the average is between a half a pound and a ha one and a half pounds, or maybe even up to two, then that's right where you want to be. That's the sweet spot. There's so many reasons why you shouldn't try to aim for faster weight loss. Uh, but the main reason is just understand this. It's just not real. Typically, it's just not real. And when I say real, I mean, it's not sustainable. It's not an organic rate of loss. It usually means you're crash dieting. If you're losing three, four pounds per week, guys, and you think that's good. Yeah, you're losing weight fast, but it's not real weight. It's usually crash dieting. So you're losing a lot of water weight. You're losing a lot of weight. That's not really you're not losing body fat. Let's just put it that way. You're not losing body fat that quickly. You might be losing weight. You're not losing body fat. What you want to lose is body fat. Okay. Now on that same token, you can't target body fat. So as you're losing body fat, if your goal is to get that six pack, if that's just all you care about is I just want to be so lean. I want to be so shredded that you can see a full six pack when I take my shirt off. If that is your goal, then you just understand this, you cannot target fat loss. So if you're doing all the right things, you're, you have a functional metabolism, you're eating at a deficit, you're losing fat loss, you're losing body weight and body fat every single week. Just keep executing on that. Okay. Cause the six pack may not be present today, may not be visible today, but as if you keep pounding through that process and just keep reiterating it over and over and over and over again, you will lose body fat in all the places that you want, but it will take a while. Okay. Some people lose body fat in one spot before others, but most people use it, lose it pretty much uniformly across the body. Um, 
Some people lose it in their face first. Some people lose it in their, their belly first. Some people lose it in their butt first. Some people lose it in their arms first. Everyone's different. Okay, everyone's different. Uh, one example of this. At my leanest ever in my life, I was about 14% body fat. And I had a fully visible six-pack, um, pretty much an eight-pack, actually. And there was vascularity in my abs, if you can believe that, meaning you could see, you could see some veins underneath the skin in my core, in my abs, and you could see a lot of veins in my forearms. So I had vascularity in my forearms. Okay. But, but the cephalic artery that travels down the bicep, right? Cephalic vein. Um, you know, that's, that's a trait that usually like I wouldn't even say just bodybuilders, but a lot of people, especially men, kind of identify as another another milestone achievement, if you will, of body fat loss. The six pack is one, and the cephalic vein down the down the bicep is another one. And once you can see that vein going down the bicep, it usually suggests that your body fat is very low. Well, I was down at fourteen percent body fat, and I still really couldn't see that vein. Okay, and and most people when they get below 17, 18% body fat, you know, that's, that's like, it's not even just visible. It's like, it looks like a, it looks like a, it's like the diameter of a drinking straw. Usually it's just so, it's so present. Um, so, you know, and that's, so that's something that I struggled with. Like it's, it's going to take a lot for me to get that to show up. And part of that is because my bicep mass isn't necessarily that big. That's fine. But even with that, I had low enough body fat percentage and I had big enough biceps and bicep mass that it should have been there. And in most people it would have, but my genetics just do not really cater <laughs> to losing body fat quickly in my arms. It's one of the last places where I lose body fat. Um, just the way it is, right? So you just gotta, you know, take, but it, you know, on the flip side of that, I lose body fat in my core very quickly. So I had very visible abs. I had vascularity in my abs. And that's something that other people have a hard time revealing. So you just got to understand that losing body fat is not something you can target. So you just do the best you can and you eat at that deficit once your metabolism is, is functional and it's increased. And then you eat at that deficit and you, you target that half to one and a half pounds per week and you just keep focused. You keep the progressive overload approach going in the gym and you'll get there. It's just time and patience. That's it. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't really say it any other way. Once your body fat is low enough, you know, then, then you can start incorporating things like crunches. If you really want to, you can start incorporating, um, um, sit-ups, I guess you can start incorporating other abdominal accessory movements. If you want, those will kind of tighten up things a little bit. They'll round out some of the details, but they're really just not that necessary guys. <laughs> they're really just not, um, you know, planks even are more effective at, core strength, stability, and mass and muscle mass development than, than sit-ups and crunches. So not that, they're, not that those movements are bad. I don't want anyone thinking crunches are bad. They're not a bad thing. They're just not as effective as people think. They're just not as effective as people think um, when, when it comes to building a six-pack. Are they good for your abs? Absolutely. Yeah, sure. Of course, they're good for your abs. Um, but they're not going to drive that six-pack that people want. So I just need to, I need people to understand that distinction. Okay, crunches do not build six packs, period. 
Okay. Um, so I hope that's clear. Guys, this is something that's been coming up a lot. So I, I really felt the need to do an episode on it. Uh, just I talk to people a lot and six packs and abs and ab definition, all that is a, it's just a hot topic. So I hope this made some sense. I hope this brought some clarity for you. And even if you knew some of this stuff, I hope it just kind of reiterated some of the details behind it. So if your goal is a six pack, you need to do those two things, lower your body fat and build your abdominal muscle mass. So with that, guys, I'm going to wrap it up here. Thank you so much. If you haven't yet left a review for me in iTunes and you have gotten any value out of this podcast, whether it was this episode or any previous episode, please go over to iTunes and leave me a rating and a review. That helps me so much and it really helps me spread the word. It helps me get into other ears of other listeners and just grow the brand and grow the podcast. So thank you guys so much again. uh, As always, train with purpose and I will talk to you guys in the next episode. Take care.